Welcome to the Ferris Love Shrine podcast, where we share spiritual and practical ideas for how to live family life with a beautiful, self-sacrificing love. In this episode, we're talking with filmmaker, film director, Crystal Avila Floater. Welcome, Crystal. Hi, Katie. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, you bet. So we asked Crystal to come today to kind of talk a little bit about capturing, you know, family history and family stories and all of that. But before we get into that specifically, Crystal, I would love for you to tell us a little bit of your background and kind of how you are a good person to tell us all about this. Great. So um, let's see. I born and raised in a suburb of Chicago. I went to the Willows Academy for high school, was always into journalism and media, but not many people in the Midwest um, are film directors or in films. So that was nothing that was never on my radar, but are always things I liked had to do with that. Um, I went to University of Notre Dame for college where I started off as a communications journalism major, took a film class there for fun, realized this is what I've always wanted to do. So then I switched my major to film and television with a concentration in documentary filmmaking. Um, after college, I worked on a few documentaries, was able to show one of them in particular in a couple of festivals around the country. And then I worked full time as a film producer and editor at a film, a smaller film company in the Chicagoland area, which was great. Got a lot of experience with them. Um, as a team, we were able to win a couple Chicago Midwest Emmys. So that was a great learning experience and exciting. Yeah. Um, and then from there, I, um, while I was working there, I started having kids with my husband, who I met in college. And um, just a lot of different life shifts started happening and realizing that, you know, the, the law, all the traveling for filming was getting a little bit hard, the, you know, more than nine to five a day was a little difficult with a growing family and kids close in age. So then I pivoted to doing some freelance work and um, that ended up being pretty successful. So I decided to then open my own film and art company uh, alongside my older brother, who is an artist, and it's called Buenas Notes Productions. And we do all sorts of things like documentaries, commercials, murals, logos, and that's kind of where I'm at today with it. Cool. I love it. I love it. Um, so tell us a little bit about that kind of initial project, kind of the movie that launched a lot of this um, and kind of what was behind that and your kind of interest in capturing that specifically. Yeah, so in college, one of the first film classes ever taken was a graphic novels course. And the professor was a film professor too, but um, the course really just covered how graphic novels are kind of like the initial part of how documentaries and films are made, you know, like especially animation films or when you're kind of pre planning what you're going to do for your film, you kind of either sketch out, you know, different scenes you want to get or questions you want to ask the person. And one of the projects he presented to us was um, you can make a graphic novel about something that is going on right now in your life. And how would you express that through art and media? Or you can write like a 12 page paper. So I went with the more fun version in my eyes, which was doing the graphic novel. And so um, something so I was a junior um, in college at that point. So that was uh, sorry, a senior. So I was, I was a junior in college at that point. So um, that was in 2016. And I decided to make a graphic novel on um, what was the situation happening with my grandfather at that point, which was he I was diagnosed with um, memory loss. He had Parkinson's disease and then bits of Alzheimer's mixed in with that too. And it was just, um, I'm really close to my grandfather. I was really close with him and my whole family was just really tight knit and he was a big you know, pillar of the family. So when we learned that, wow, our grandfather, who is this pillar is now going to begin, you know, he's losing his memory, literally, it was like really sad, but also 
in a sad, fascinating way, something that I was really just wasn't prepared to deal with. You know, you hear about people with memory loss. That's something very common in our nation and across the world. But once it happens to someone that you're close with, it's like, wow, like how can someone lose all functionality, you know? Mm-hmm. So I made my graphic novel and my how I was dealing with my perception of what memory loss was through my grandfather. And the graphic novel kind of touched upon his immigration story. He immigrated from Mexico when he was like 16. And just like, you know, the, the immigrant story of like the hard work he did to get here, but mostly was um, focusing on the relationship between um, him and me and how like we were both dealing with that. So um, that was really fun to do. And, it, um, you know, I was able to like, talk to my grandfather on the phone and come visit back home a bit more. And I was like, wow, this is like pulling us closer together more. So we were already really close, but this is making not only um, our bond stronger, but my whole family's. So then um, for my senior thesis, um, this uh, I wanted to do a documentary on based on that. But this time was to more focus on like, what is memory? So the core of it is like, what is what is memory to a person in particular? Let's explore that through the eyes of my grandfather. So talked a lot about, um, told his immigrant story, his immigration story, um, how he was a photographer, how he, you know, worked in the cotton fields and just like the story of hard work and what putting down roots really means. And what's the purpose of doing all of this? You know, if it's, you know, seems like it's meaningless work, but what was the reason why he did this? And, it was, you know, it was almost like this timeline of memory happening between us of, you know, him, you know, me trying to pull these memories out from his past while he's in the present losing his memories, you know. So I wanted to capture those before they were mostly gone before he passed away. So um, that movie is called The Bajo de los Arbores or Beneath the Trees. And the mm-hmm. title is such because when he first came from Mexico, he immigrated to Yuma, Arizona, where he worked. And his his uh, strongest memory, his most vibrant memory that he kept with him, like even when he was in the, you know, deepness of Parkinson's and Alzheimer's, was he lived beneath a tree for a couple years um, while he worked here in order to um, make his way here. So that was wow. Um, I'm curious if, as you were kind of doing this, were you hearing? stories that were new to you or were they stories that like you'd kind of heard growing up and you just went a little deeper into them? Yeah, exactly. So, um, well, my, so little backstory, my approach to doing a lot of my documentaries is not to have them too planned. So Hmm. I kind of knew what I wanted to ask my grandpa. So I remember when I always knew he was always taking pictures, um, you know, on the old like film cameras, he'd have like Kodak cameras and he never liked being in pictures, but he loved taking pictures of people. And he would always like growing up, we'd go over to their, my grandparents' house and he would show us like, oh, there's a picture of me and like my second cousin um, here in Yuma. Or there's when we immigrated to Chicago, look at us here, you know, and that was always so fascinating. So I'm like, okay, for this documentary, I definitely want to pull that in because photos are these like, you know, living memories for us. Even when, if we forget a memory, we could see it. Um, but something really cool happened, which my grandfather is a really um, introverted kind of, he was really funny, but introverted and quiet guy never talked about himself too much. So when I'm filming him on the first day, he's like, I was like, okay, tell me about your photos. Like, you know, where'd you get those from? Or why are they meaningful? And he's like, oh, you know what? Like, now that we're talking, you're reminding me of something from my past. He goes to his room and he pulls out this old camera of like one that he bought when he was in Yuma, Arizona, where he first immigrated to. And I didn't realize that he was like the, you know, quote unquote photographer of that immigrant group that he was with. He would document different people. And those photos 
have gone on to mean so much to all of their families, you know, like mm-hmm. their, their grandkids and great grandkids. So anyway, so that was um, a big surprise in the film to me. And that kind of shifted the whole story. So we really, the camera became like another character in the film. So that was like something new and exciting that happened while creating it. Nice. Oh, that's so cool. Um, so after that first movie, what have you done after that to kind of capture some of these family memories and family moments? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I always have a camera on me. So just day, like day to day, like I just, I like to take pictures like on my phone, obviously like everyone else in the world right now, which is great. But I like to, you know, pull out my nicer camera sometimes when it's like Thanksgiving or Christmas or things like that. And just trying to like, like capture like natural memories of like what's mm-hmm. going on in the family and actually printing them out and making photo albums. I'm a big, um, I, I really love printing out photos. <laughs> I think everyone should do it. Um, there's something about having that tangible, you know, resource, but um, in more along the lines of filmmaking, um, my, the next film I made was called the widow's club. Mm-hmm. And that was, um, that's a documentary as well on my, uh, my grandmother is one of the characters, but um, it's about a group of six to seven-ish widows who will meet monthly, and they um, obviously all widows have lost their husbands, whether it was you know forty years ago or a year ago, and they meet at a small Mexican restaurant here in the um, Chicago suburbs, and they just talk about you know like their feelings, the memories that they had with their husbands in the past, but how can they still live like a really meaningful, vibrant life even in you know happy in their in their old age like what can they do and so that to me was um knowing you know I would call my grandma a lot especially after my grandfather passed away soon after I made the film actually of him and a lot of times you know it was just you know she was sad about it but like obviously she's like you know he's in a better place and I have to he would want me to keep living this happy fruitful life Mm -hmm. And um, she decided her alongside my mom said like you know what why don't we start a club with my mom's like, why don't you start a club with your friends who have like mostly all have lost their husbands now. And you guys have something so like this bond of, you know, the memories from your past and these widows all happen to be like related. They're from a small town in Mexico and they're all like either second cousins or their cousins or what, what have you. Um, so that was uh, capturing like a memory of my grandma as well, but also along with like her other friends too, which is really cool. So it was like a memory kind of like how they brought their hometown of Mexico to the United States and kind of their origin stories alongside their husbands. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's just another. Cool. I love this. So I'm curious, like now that you've kind of done this and you've like learned a lot more about your grandparents and kind of the history of your family, almost like going back, um, how do you see that kind of maybe changing the dynamics of your family or kind of changing your understanding of like the previous generations? Yeah, I just, I mean, I think just learning more about like the, like my ancestors and my grandparents and even my own parents who are like, who are, you know, immigrants as well. It's just like their memories have now become so instilled in me where I feel like they're now my memories. Um, And it's just, I think we take for granted a lot of times, like the, how good we have it here in the United States, you know, most people and just like the, the freedom we have, the opportunities we have, and it sounds so cliche, you know, but um, hearing that from firsthand from people like in my family and having, you know, relived it through them, through storytelling with them, like alongside mm-hmm. them has really made me, I feel like a more grateful person for what I have, which I definitely wasn't as much as I am 
before at um, before doing these films and these projects and just um it just gives perspective and i feel like it makes you more empathetic as well towards other people who not just immigrants but other people who may be going through something even if they you know quote unquote have it all there's always mm-hmm. people are always going through something or um yeah i just i feel like it's made memories more vibrant and just um, realizing the importance of memories mm-hmm. i think that's great um so i'm curious like let's let's translate this a little bit more into like the reality of every day for you know the people that are listening how like not everyone's a filmmaker and a director like you and has all the skills that you have um so what are some ways that people can still kind of capture these these memories these moments um especially if for the older generation, so the younger generations have that later on. Yeah, I mean, I think the beautiful thing nowadays is that almost everyone has a pretty great camera, like right in their pocket, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that you know films and and takes great pictures. We have portrait mode and all that cool stuff. Like, I feel like it's pretty simple to you know if if we're talking about the older generation first, so it's like going to your grandparents' house and. Maybe one day be like, hey, like grandma, like what was something that was like really impactful in your life? Or, you know, maybe there's some something special about a grandparent or an elderly person in your life that you notice, like what makes them tick? Why are they like, why are how they are, right? Like what affected them is usually something just like us, like what in your past life or when you were in your 20s or when you were 15 or eight, like what happened to you to like make this happen or what caused you to like live where you live. Cause now I live here, you know, things, there's that domino effect of people's decisions and just pulling out your, you know, asking like, Hey, can I film you saying this <laughs> and just seeing what, what they say? And if, you know, it could just be really fascinating just to have it yourself. And um, I think just, in, you can share it with your own family too. Like people, you know, live everywhere nowadays, like everyone's so spread out, especially in families. So you can share that easily too. And I think that's like a really easy, beautiful way of just connecting with your family more. Sure. That makes total sense. Actually, this is reminding me as we're talking when my grandma turned 90, a couple of years ago, my sisters and I went over and like hung out with her and just set up my phone to just record audio, not even video, but just audio. And we just asked her all these questions that like, we had never asked really before, like, grandma, what was your first job? And like, mm-hmm. where did you, did you live with your parents until you got married? And she had all these stories that suddenly she was telling of things that we were like, whoa, like this is what's made her like the spitfire she is at 90 still like with her dyed red hair and her high heels and all that, because she was like, I'm going to have a job and I'm going to be a working <laughs> woman. And like, you know, these kinds of, and I'm not going to live on the farm anymore. Um, and it, you know, like it, it really kind of changed all of our perspectives on who she was. Um, cause you know, we grew up with her just as, you know, the little old lady who was part of our family. Yeah. Right. It's so cool. Yeah. I've heard such great things about your grandma. Oh yeah. Oh, yes. She's, yes. She's, she's a famous. Um, so, you know, for people who are like, okay, like this could be cool. Like this could be a good family project, even that parents can do with their children, um, you know, for the grandparents or the older aunts and uncles in the family or whatever. I'm curious, do you have, um, some tips or tricks for like, how do you get people talking? Right. Cause sometimes you're like, grandma, tell me a story. And she's like, I got nothing to say. <laughs> like, so what do we, how do you do that? Yeah, I think, um, Sometimes it's even harder with family members because putting up the camera to them, you'd be like, oh, wow, we're so close. Or you know, everyone's relationships are so different depending on personalities and stuff. But whenever I do like a film or a documentary film or an interview with someone, I try to like, 
you know, at least get to know them and hopefully with your family, you already have a step up ahead of that. But I'll try to get to know them when I don't bring a camera with me. I don't pull out my phone and I'm like, oh, that was great. And write it down right away. I'll just try to like introduce myself and listen and just being really vulnerable about something about you. I feel Mm -hmm. like that helps even people in your family when you say something about yourself that maybe is not the most comfortable or that's not like, not as be unpleasant, but just showing that you're like a real person trying to get to know them as a real person so that it's not just like, I'm here to get something out of you and it better be good. If it's not good, then like, what's the point, you know? So I feel like the authenticity factor and then just making sure you're in a place in an environment that's comfortable for them. So like an introverted person is not going to want to meet you probably, you know, somewhere where there's a crowded place, a lot of people. Maybe it's like a small coffee shop or in the comfort of their home or someone who is a huge people's person and thrives off of people. It's probably better to take them somewhere where there are a lot of people around or somewhere where there's a lot of foot traffic. So it's, a comf- you know, you just got to find where they're comfortable. And then, um, then I would say like asking open-ended questions, never ask a yes or no question being like, so you, you worked, right? Yes. Story's over. <laughs> um, but, or, you know, oh, you, you know, you came from Poland, right? Yes. Okay. Well, that, there's nothing more yeah. to say, right? So mm-hmm. a lot of open-ended questions or, you know, asking you know, like a story, but like assisting them with it in a way. Mm-hmm. But, um, it's hard for some, I think it's hard for me if someone asks me something about my past, like, like spit it, fire everything out, you know, and some people will, they're the easiest people to interview ever. Um, <laughs> but other people just need like, like did you used to like this and if so why and then you know just kind mm-hmm. of going along that way yeah no I think that's, that's great um I love this even some schools now I know do kind of like um they ask the kids to write little family histories or like interview you know someone older in your family just to kind oh, of capture cute. these memories um and do that I'm curious so now that you're a mother yourself like what do you hope your children will remember about kind of their ancestors and like, how do you see this kind of playing into like the larger dynamic of your family? Yeah. So right now um, my husband and I's kids are very small. They're three, just turned two and almost seven months. So, Mm -hmm. but even though they're so small, like they, they intake a lot and they, they know a lot. And just like, it's, it's crazy to think about like what I want them to remember from like my grandma who's still alive, which we're so blessed to have with us still, or, or even like my parents, but like even seeing the memories they hold from like my husband and I, um, is really cool. So like one thing I really hope that, um, they remember is just like the, the love that they got from, you know, their grandparents, my parents, and then making sure that, um, my, my grandma, their great grandma is a big part of their life. Like I'll, I'll, you know, take them over to my mom's house and dad's house where my grandmother now lives. And although like, it's not the easiest sometimes as all you parents out there know who have <laughs> really small kids close in age, getting in that minivan, not always easy, but try to, we try to see her at least twice a week. And we'll just go over there and explaining to them that like, we call her grand, they call her grand, grand, hmm. um, grand can't walk very fast with you, but like she wants, you know, she can sit down and read you a book or something or like just teach you like, Oh, grand grand speaks Spanish and, and just little things. And like, sometimes I'm like, they have no idea I'm talking about, but then, you know, hours later they're like, Oh yeah. Like the Spanish word that grand grand says. So just trying to like keep that in. And, um, I do take a lot of pictures (laughs) as any of my friends and family will tell you, but, um, I try taking 
a lot of pictures of them with her or like with my parents. And when I make their like photo albums, I'll write down like a little note of something that bonded them together. So when they're older and she'll, you know, inevitably um, pass away by that time, um, they'll hopefully remember like that bond or just remember like, hey, like how cool is it that like three generations later, we were able to connect on something. And then as my kids get older, I would love to, um, you know, share with them like some films I did or have them participate, you know, taking photos with me or um, thinking of questions, I feel like, um, of, for the elderly, I think mm-hmm. invokes a lot of thinking uh, for mm-hmm. people. You have to kind of, it's like, you know, it's very different than what we're used to. So, um, and then the same goes to the um, side of my husband's family too, just having them realize like, okay, where did your grandparents come from both sides? And realizing that because of the actions that these people way ahead of you did to sacrifice for your family, that's why you are where you are today. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, just kind of like, just keeping alive the memory of what, um, of how they basically are, how they are and where they are. Mm-hmm. I love this. I think too, one of the interesting things that I kind of heard you talking about is like, spending quality time with them, I think is especially like, that's how you build these memories. And that's how you get those conversations to come out. And I think that's often something that especially when the kids are younger, or even when they're in high school, like, sometimes it's awkward to hang out with grandma, like, you don't know what to say. Sometimes she smells kind of funky, whatever, you know, and so but like, that quality time helps kind of build that memory and opens the way for communication, which we don't get in the same way if we're just like, we see her at Christmas and Easter and like, that's it, you know? And so really taking that time for the family is really important. Agreed. Awesome. Um, All right, Crystal, anything else you want to share about kind of families and capturing these memories and all that before we sign off? I don't know. I just say take pictures, take videos, but not just for your Instagram or TikTok, take them for um, memories to be made and to be shared. Mm-hmm. I love it. Okay. If people want to find more about you or about your company, how can they do that? So you, um, you can go on my personal Instagram. It's just, um, oh my gosh, I don't know. It's crystal. Floater. And then my company's Instagram, which is more focused on film things is Buenas Noches Productions. So they're both on Instagram or my website, Buenas Noches Productions.com. Awesome. We'll link to all of that in the show notes as well. So people can find you there. Um, I really appreciate it. This was an awesome conversation. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for having me, Katie. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Ferris Love Shrine podcast. If you enjoyed it, we'd love for you to share it with others so that they can enjoy it as well. And then visit us at ferrisloveshrine.org.